you. How are you guys? Okay. Uh, tough crowd? We're just coming out of that worship moment. That's what it is? Thank you for being here this morning, and thank you for, uh, you know, making it a purpose to be in the house of the Lord today, and I believe that um, the Lord wants to uh, speak to us today. How many of us believe that? Amen. Only a group? No, amen? amen. Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm to get it out of you, and, uh, but I want to pray for the word, and um, I know we've done a lot. It just feels like we've done a lot, but I think that once we come to the house of the Lord, we need to take time to listen to the word of God. Amen? Amen. So let me pray so we can get this, this going. God, we honor you, and we are so grateful for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, I'm particularly grateful for the privilege that you give me to share your word. Father, it is, a, it is a privilege to open up the Holy Scriptures and, and just to read your word. And Father, never, never, we, we never want to take this for granted. We don't want to lose the, the awe of your word. So Lord, I just pray that at this moment, you give me uh, the strength and the wisdom to deliver this word in the same way that you gave it to me. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. And um, there are many words that we can use to describe the evidence of God's work in the life of a believer, right? We can use words like salvation. We can use words like justification. We can use words like sanctification. Uh, we can use words like uh, redeemer, like what else, healer, uh, what else, provider. There are many words that we can use to describe his, the outcome of his work in our lives. But there's one word that summarizes what I'll be speaking about today. And it's one word that when Jesus walks into the equation... Things need to get better. It may be better suddenly. It may be better incrementally. But the outcome of his work is that things get better. So if it's not better, he is not finished yet. Whatever he touches, whatever he is involved with, he makes it better. If Jesus is involved in your thoughts, he makes your thoughts better. If he is involved in your relationship, he makes your he, If he is involved in your walk, he makes your walk better. The outcome of God's work in our lives can be summed up in that he just wants better. And I've come to the understanding that if it's not feeling better, it's because he's still at work. And today, I just want to get into it right away. You see my beautiful um, Paw Patrol mat here. And you guys will understand in a second why I have this mat here. And I want us to go to the book of John, chapter 5. The Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses five through nine. Are you with me? Shake your neighbor. Say, wake up, man. So it says, one who, who was there had been an invalid, an invalid for 38 years. Someone say 38 years. So when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well, and this is a question that it's just weird because the answer should be, uh, duh, seven. Sir, he replied. He started, 
I mean, this is a very direct question. Why are we going on tangents here? Do you want to get well? Sir, he replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. And when I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus said, let's just cut this short. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. I don't want to hear about Johnny. I don't want to hear about Peter. I don't want to hear what he said. I don't want to hear what she said. I don't want to hear what they did to you. I don't want to hear about your mommy issues. I don't want to hear about your daddy issues. Which side am I preaching to today? Okay. All right. Thank you. I'll come. I, I don't want to be here. I, I don't want to hear that they stabbed you in the back. I don't want to hear you that nobody can roll you into the pool. I asked you, do you want to be well? And Jesus gives him a direct statement. He doesn't touch him. Sometimes we see Jesus in scripture spit in the ground, grab some dirt. He said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once, the man picked up his mat and walked. And I believe, and I'm going to the title of my message, I believe that sometimes God wants to do something and things don't happen in our lives simply because I don't feel like it. I already know I'm all up in your Kool-Aid. And I want to talk to you about some reasons today that I believe that sometimes why things don't get better. And sometimes think don't, things don't get better just because I don't feel like it. It's not that you don't have the information. It's just that your emotions haven't caught up with the information you know. I am a firm believer that everyone in this room doesn't need another preaching. Oh, I'm coming for you today. We don't need another message. You just need to apply the messages that you already heard. Ooh, I feel the tension in the room. He said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. I have a friend that tells me, I speak to him, he was someone that was, he was like, Pastor, I'm right, right now I'm on this pursuit of truth. And every time I talk to him, is this pursuit of truth. I was like, man, be careful with that because in the pursuit of truth, you can forget to live the truth that you already know. And, 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 I, and I know this because I see it in many of us here and many of, not us here, the Christians that are somewhere else, not you guys. People are always fiending for a word. Don't, don't, if they're here, don't look at them. Just look at me. People have become like word addicts. That's what you said. <laughs> oh, I need a word. I need a word. And our, our, our note app is full of notes. Our Bible is full of highlighted verses. We've downloaded 77 podcasts. What if I told you today? That if for things to get better, you don't need another revelation ever again. What if I told you today, you don't need another word. All you need is to live out the word that you already have. Oh, I'm coming to you for this. And because there is a difference, and I was talking to someone yesterday. There's a difference between seasons and cycles. Someone say seasons. Someone say cycles. Seasons end with time. Cycles end when I change. Seasons end with time. Cycles are interrupted and broken when I change. If you speak to someone and every time you speak to them, oh, I know you got someone in your mind already. It's the same issue year one. It's the same issue year two. It's the same issue year three. 
Honey, that's not a season, that's a cycle. If you, if you, oh my God, if you met someone and from the moment you've met them 10 years later, they're still dealing with financial issues, let me tell you, it's not a season. Those are cycles that need to be broken. And sometimes we want to hide behind the word season. No, the Lord is, I take it, we all go, who goes through stuff here? We all, for those that don't lift your hands, I want you to pray for me after service. We all go through stuff. And we all go through seasons. But seasons have a time limit. Seasons have an expiration date. Even the people of Israel were in the desert. It was a long season, but it ended. It can't be that every time I speak to you, you're in the same desert. Honey, that's, that's not a season. There's something you need to break. That's a cycle that can be generational. That's a cycle that can be with an undealt emotion that has grown some roots in you that you haven't dealt. You have only are dealing with the outward expression, but you're not dealing with the root that's causing that outward expression. And I've come to the understanding that some things don't change because I just don't feel like it. I know people that want to get in the gym and lose weight, right? They sign up, they buy all the weights, they buy all the videos, they buy all the gear. Oh, I got to go to Ross and, and, and pack up, right? Well, Ross is cheaper, right? You can't do that, actually. I mean, you can't go do that Nike life. That's it. But you can do all that. You can have all the information and you can purchase all of the items. But nothing changes until you feel like it. You can know that the scripture says that you need to forgive people. But you don't do it because you don't feel like it. <laughs> scripture says that you need to sow and you need to tithe and you need to offer. But no pastor said, hey, I don't feel like it. Seasons change with time. Cycles finish when I finish. And, and, and this man, he, he goes with an unnamed condition, right, for 38 years. And he's at the pool of Bethesda. And he's high-fiving people. He's taking sermon notes. He's posting tweets. Oh, let me back up. Bethesda means, everybody say Bethesda. I'll say that again. Bethesda. I earned my paycheck for today. I taught you something. Bethesda means house of mercy or house of grace. That's what Bethesda means. It's a compound word. And, and this, this uh, pool, it had a, a sheep gate to get to it. If you read verses, the verses before in chapter 5, you'll see. And it had five pillars that were lifting up a covering that will cover the pool, right? So... It's a, it's a metaphor for the house of grace being the church. You still with me? Jesus being the sheep gate that we need to go through in order to get to God, to the house. And the pool means the Holy Spirit. Water in scripture means the Holy Spirit. And the five pillars that are lifting up the covering of the pool represents the, the fivefold ministry of Jesus, which is evangelist, prophet, apostle. I'll, I'll, I'll land the plane, don't worry. Evangelist, prophet, apostle, pastors, and teachers. So you have all kinds of people with all kinds of conditions in the house. You have some blind people in the house. You have some lame people in the house. You have some paralyzed people in the house because what's funny about this story is that there was no scriptural background to let and inform the man that an angel would come down and stir the pool what does that mean pastor that sometimes we've adopted these religious sayings that are not in scripture there are rituals that someone told us 
And because that someone has been in church all their lives, it must be true. I'm feeling no love on this end, so I'm going to move on over here. They may take one step and God will take two. That's not in Scripture. God helps those who help themselves. That's not, in, that's not in Genesis. That's not in Exodus. That's not in Leviticus. That's not in, that's not in Deuteronomy. That's not in Scripture. So what happens is that this man wanted the easy way out. That's not spirituality. That's magic. See, because what this man wanted, this man just wanted to roll in the pool. And Jesus said, get, pick up your mat and walk. And I think that for many of us, all we want is to roll in the pool. You want to better you in public without putting the work in private. That's not spirituality. That's magic. You want God to open the windows of heaven for you and provide for you, but you don't want to sow. That's not spirituality. That's magic. You want God to change your marriage and relationship, but not change you. That's not, that's not spirituality. That's magic. See, and God and Jesus came to reintroduce this man to a system of beliefs that he was unaware about because he was still believing in some legend and some folk story. And I believe that many of us come to Bethesda believing that we can just roll in the pool. Hmm. See, God is not a magician. Tell your neighbor, God is not a magician. When he's going to do something in your life, it requires your participation. You want God to start changing a situation? That's an open invitation for him to start changing you. Sometimes when we're praying for something and we're not feeling it's not changing, guess who's changing? God is creating in your character some zeal of prayer. Sometimes God's creating consistency. For some of us, God needs to keep us wounded because if we're not wounded, we'll forget. My dad has been a pastor for over 45 years. And he tells me, Will, there's people that God needs to keep crippled because he loves them too much. Because if he makes them whole, he'll lose them. I'm like, dang, Dad, that's kind of a tough theology. He said, I've seen it over and over again for 45 years. People come, they get the blessing, they're gone. They come, they get the job, they're gone. I come for the kids, God opens up the womb, you get the kids, and you're gone. And I'm like, Dad, man, you can say that. You've been... You've been in ministry for 45 years. You have a huge church, so they can, you can say whatever you want. I can't say that. He said, that's the truth. And sometimes things don't change in our lives just because, just we don't feel like it. Because many of us, what's driving the car of our decision-making is not the information, it's our emotions. And one of the things I've come to understand, and I've texted a few of you on this is that more than ever in order for us to move forward as a believer we need emotional maturity what does that mean pastor when you have emotional maturity you go by what you know not about what you feel I was talking to someone yesterday I was in Tampa quick trip in Tampa and I was talking to someone and we were talking about marriage I was like I've been married 12 years, and every day I don't feel like I love my wife. Oh, y'all looking at me crazy? Ask somebody that's been married 30 years if they love their wife every day. That's that, they, if they feel, and if, you, if your barometer is what you feel, you're going to make decisions based on your feelings, not on the information that you know. The information that I know is that I made a covenant before the Lord. So if I feel it or not feel it, it's still a covenant. Oh, oh, it applies to everything. 
For those that have kids, don't you feel like leaving them at the mall one day and not coming back? Thank you, not you. See, that's the problem with a feeling Christianity. Okay, let, let me reel you guys back in. Uh, is that, is, was that too real? Because that's, I feel like telling Shiloh some days, I'll be right back. Don't, don't move. <laughs> that's just pastor being real. This is the problem with a feeling Christianity. Did you know that most days you're not going to feel God? feel God every single day? Because I need you to lay hands on me right now if you do. See, that's why we need to go with the information that we know and not the emotion that we feel. See, that's why people can't stay in commitments anymore because it's all about what they feel. And not, not only commitments in relationship, but commitments in jobs, commitments to go to school and follow something through, commitment in your church, because if I don't feel it, I don't do it. Y'all let me know if this is too real. We can wrap it up right now. And the problem is that the enemy knows that, so he attacks our emotions. I speak to, that's what I do for a living. I speak to people. And when someone's opening statement is, no pastor, because I feel, ooh, that's like a dagger right here. Because I'm like, ah, led by emotions. Can you imagine November 10th of last year, we had seven people in this room? And look around today. Come on, somebody. We had seven people in this room. Can you imagine if we would have felt like God was not going to do anything? See, and the Lord is so, Jesus is so perfect and so wise that the question that he asked him was directly targeting his emotions. It was an emotional question. It was a feeling question. Hey, do you want to? <laughs> Y'all read that? It's like, do, do you want it? Because you may not want it. <laughs> you may not feel like it. Because the Lord knows that for many of us, like I said, who drives the car of our decision-making is not what we know, is what we feel. So Jesus, sometimes before he tackles the physical ailment, <clears throat> he needs to tackle the emotional healing that you need. And sometimes God is going to ask us for things that stir up emotions. Y'all don't believe me? When you receive the word of the Lord that says, go forgive that person, that's emotional. See? Follow me here. We're following? God gives a word. Thank you so much, man. God gives a word, and based on our emotions, we decide what to do with it. You ought to believe me? That's in Scripture. Jonah. God gives him a word to go to Nineveh. Right? But he says, hey, no, those people try to kill me, so I'm feeling like they don't deserve it. Where does he end up? The stomach of a whale. See, because our, our emotions dictate our, our decisions, and our decisions dictate where we end up. What if God sends you to serve someone that all their life they try to hurt you? That's emotional. Am I, am I being too real? Because it's, it's, awfully, it's awfully quiet in the room, and, and I think that in order for us to see the fulfillment of some promises of God, we don't need more word. We need to start doing what we already know. The problem is that we just want to roll in the pool. And God says, one, you don't need to roll in the pool. Two, no one is going to come and push you. And three, all you need to do is just get up and walk. That's the beauty of Jesus, is that even though it was 38 years, 
All it took was one action for his future to be different than his past. And some of us are in marriages, some of us are in relationships, some of us are in our walk, not knowing what to do. And I'm like, seriously? Where have you been for the past five years? You know exactly. I don't need to tell you what to do. You know what to do. The question is, are your emotions allowing you to do it? See, because when feelings get in the way, information gets distorted. When feelings get in the way, that's what pastor really meant. I think he was thinking about me. Oh, the pastor said people that don't give. I didn't give last week, so the pastor was speaking about me, so I'm not going back to that church. See, emotions, that's why scripture talks so much about our thoughts and talks about submitting every thought captive to the feet of Jesus because we're not, let me say it in Spanish, we're no bueno. We're, we're in the flesh. Our first thought comes from our emotions. Someone passes by, they didn't say hello to you. Your emotions tell you immediately, oh, she got something against me. But you don't have enough information. You don't know if that person lost someone. Worship leaders, sometimes we're egging people here on to worship and we haven't had the time to speak to people and know if they lost their job and they can't lift their hands this Sunday. See, emotional maturity allows you to bring up a sacrifice of praise. Saying, today I don't feel like going to church, but I know that it only takes one moment what, what would have happened if that day he would have said, hey, you know what? I've been coming for 38 years and nothing is happening. I've been praying for this marriage for years. I've been praying for my kids for years. I've been praying. So I'm, see, sometimes the miracle is just keep doing it. Sometimes the miracle is just continuing to show up. See, when God creates consistency, I believe that God I believe that favor follows the faithful, not the good people. Sometimes you just got to continue showing up. I believe that faithfulness along with gratitude is the language of heaven. Can you stand in the rain? Can you keep coming to the pool when no one pushes you? In order to improve our decision-making, we need to acknowledge and identify what are the triggers that drive our emotions. Because sometimes we are only attacking the product or the outcome expression, and we're not going to what's producing that. Am I talking to somebody today? Sometimes, oh, oh, he's always bitter. Do you know why? Oh, he's always, she's always sarcastic. Have you taken the time and... Oh, why am I always feeling lonely? Why am I always feeling like I need to push? Why am I a runner? Any runners in the room? <laughs> why am I, why am I, when people are getting too close, my first reaction is to run. We got to submit every thought captive, but we need to mature emotionally. And this man gives us gives us three areas of emotions, next slide, that we most must overcome. Say three. Everyone say three. three. If you want to see the fulfillment of some fulfillment prom of some promises of God, there's three areas of emotions. There's more, but there's three in particular that you must overcome. And number one is the discouragement from disappointment. This man, 38 years, believing this is my year. This is my season. This is when it's going to happen. And not only he has to deal with his lameness, he also, he also has to deal with the backlash of being disappointed. And I don't know if there's anyone else in the room, but there's a feeling of agony when you start getting discouraged because God is not answering. 
Anyone has felt like that before? Sometimes the emotional discouragement, it's even bigger than whatever physical ailment you may have. Can you imagine coming to the pool every year and naming and claiming, <laughs> decree and declaring, blab it and grab it, <laughs> believing that this is your year, believing that things are going to be different because I'm in Bethesda, I'm in the house of grace, I'm in the house of mercy. And it seems that God is overlooking you. It takes a lot of will to continue to come when you feel God is not answering. And I want to know if there's anyone in the room that can, just like me, acknowledge that that's one of the worst feelings in the world. When you see other people getting healed and you're not getting healed. When you feel like everyone else is getting blessed, but God is passing you by. See, the, the problem with stagnation is that you feel that life is moving and you're not moving. See, that's the, that's the danger of feeling that you've hit a plateau. Because you feel that you've had a season of progress. And then you walk into a season for 38 years that things are not moving, but everyone else is moving. And the devil starts speaking to your ear and telling you you're being left behind. Look at everybody else's marriage. Look at everybody else's finances. Look at everybody else's popping kids. Look at everybody else buying homes. And you being left behind. That's the trick of the enemy. Because you start getting discouraged when it's been a chronicle disappointment. Am I, am I talking to somebody today? It's because it's, it's like cool to get disappointed once right but when you've been disappointed for 38 years what gives you the will to keep coming back when you continue to pray for that same thing and things don't change so an area that we must must master with getting this emotional maturity is that we got to shake off that discouragement from disappointment and I know because I'm there with you. I've been praying for something specific for 11 years now. Every day before the Lord for the last 11 years. And the Lord has not done it yet. And sometimes I got to shake myself and say, Lord, you gave that word. And I'm believing that you gave that word. Even though I see everyone else rolling in the pool. Everyone say discouragement from disappointment. Because favor finds the faithful. Sometimes the miracle, like I said, is just to continue to show up even if you don't see it. We sing Waymaker says, even if I don't see it, you're working. Those are just not words that needs to become a reality. Even if I don't feel it. Because <laughs> like I said, sometimes and the majority of times, you're really not going to feel it. That's why you need to feed your faith more word because the word of God is food for you. See, if you only eat on Sundays, you're going to starve to death. See, and, and I speak to some of you, and I know that you're excited to get here on a Sunday morning, but when I talk to you, you're like, man, I'm drained. I can't wait to get there Sunday morning. I, I feel good, but... You can't sustain yourself eating once a week. Because the feelings grow larger if your knowledge is slow. That's why you just got to feed yourself worth. Because what's going to happen is that those moments are going to come and you're going to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's like an automatic response. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. I can do all things through Christ with strength. You got to give the enemy word. And you got to give your feelings word. Hmm. I think more than the enemy, you got to give your feelings some word. Does anybody feel like that? Sometimes I'm not feeling, oh, I made a commitment. This is what your word says. It says that we who started the good work will be faithful in completing it. That's what I repeat myself for these 11 years. You started the good work, you will be faithful in completion. 
We need to be healed from the discouragement, from disappointment. Is that good for anyone? Number two. Let's say it all together. One, two, three. Mm. Let me just say something. And I, this is not even in my notes, but I, I, I believe this is going to set some people free today. Say amen. Can I sit down? Just because someone is not as passionate for a cause like you are, that doesn't mean they don't care. I'll, I'll let that land. Some of us are bitter because we don't see someone else's response to our cause, believing that they should be more excited about it. But no one is going to be more excited than the person living it. I'll let that plane land. And sometimes I see people that are, oh, they don't support me. They're, they do. They're just not as adamant as you are because you're the one living it. I've, I've shared this before. Our oldest son, Shiloh, he has ADHD. And we are... We're, we're advocates for it. We, we've went through the entire testing process, and, we've, and we're adamant about that. And, and I needed to feel at one point that, hey, it's not that people don't care. It's that you are passionate because you are living it. And I'm saying it to set some people free today that we're all holding other people's captive for the passion that we only have. And we're thinking that they're not responding, and they should be reposting, and they should be doing this. But they're not as passionate because they're not living it. And this man, scripture says that when God asked him a direct question, his answer was, I'm here, I'm laying, but as you can see, I can't move, so I, I, need, I need someone to, to push me. Go back to the point. And I believe that some of us need to be freed from the feeling of anger from the absence of assistance. The Lord told me to tell you today, they had what you didn't have because you have what they don't have. They had what you don't have because you carry what they don't have. See, if you think about it, Scripture doesn't say that he told, hey, go, okay, you want to be healed? Go get somebody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold now so nobody can jump in the pool. The man had in him what he needed. See, there's a reason. You know, it was scary about this that the man was right. He, he really had nobody to push him. And for some of us in this room, we've had to go through some things alone that you shouldn't have gone through them alone. But the reason why you get went through those things alone is because whatever you need is already in you. There are people that have gone through the same things that you've gone through and not here today. Sometimes the miracle is that you've gone through what you've gone through and you haven't lost your mind. Sometimes the miracle is that people have gone through the same things as you and they've thrown in the towel but you still show up to Bethesda. See, and, and I think that this happens a lot in our society today, that we compare our giftings, we compare our walks, we compare our lives, and be like, if I had the assistance he had, if I had the husband she has, if I had the wife, if I had the job she had, and we're angry because we're feeling that we're lacking assistance. And God is saying, all you need is already in you. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. You don't need to roll in the pool. You don't need some hand-me-downs for anybody else. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it was 38 years. But whatever you need is already in you. Scripture says that this, that Jesus walked through the people and he came to him. And that's a picture of favor because Jesus could have gone through it to anyone else. 
but everyone else had someone to push them. And I came to tell you today that the absence of the assistance that you felt you should have needed, God did that intentionally to mold your character and build your strength. There are people that we wish we would have had and the Lord removed them from your life because they knew that ultimately they were going to be toxic and they will ultimately remind you for the rest of your life remember I was the one that pushed you in the pool Jesus is saying I want you to get the healing without needing assistance because the only one you need to be grateful for is is to me This anger, this anger, it blinds us from seeing the progress that we already made. Sometimes we are our own worst critic. Doesn't it happen to you? After the devil, you are like your second worst enemy. Because you undervalue the power that's already in you. Jesus didn't use tricks. Jesus didn't stir up the pool. Jesus saying, get your behind up and walk. You don't need nobody to push you in no pool. And trust me, that's not the adjective I want to use for the pool. <laughs> so we need to be freed. Is, that, is this good for anyone? And my last point. We need to be freed from the emotion of misery over some missed moments. See, when you're dealing with something like that for that long, for 38 years, there's a lot of things that you weren't part of. There's a lot of things that you couldn't participate in. When you start thinking, I could have been so much further along in life, and this is where I'm at today. 38 years later, still waiting for someone to push me in the pool. How many things, how many windows of opportunities closed? How many seasons of, of provision I, I missed. And he gets up and he is so excited. And scripture, if you read the rest of the verses, says that he picked up his mat and he was walking around with his mat. He was carrying in his hands the things that were carrying him at one point. You know what's beautiful about this? That he encounters some Pharisees. And the reason that they knew it was him is because they saw the blue Paw Patrol mat. <laughs> I came to tell someone as today is that you need to wear your scars with pride. Do not be ashamed of your scars. Because your scars reveal the healing that the Lord did. Amen. There was no other way for them to know it was him unless he was carrying around his mat. See, the mat represents that the thing that used to carry me before, the thing that used to be my support, my life support before, is the thing I have complete dominion over right now. And me, you may attack me with my label. <laughs> you may say, hey, yeah, you're the guy... I was the guy that was in the mat. Today, I'm the guy that carries the mat. Yes, I'm emotional. Yes, I have emotions. But I have control over my emotions. Don't have me. And I think that as I look at you guys and I look at where we're headed as a church, Holy Spirit revealed to me that we don't need another word. Your phone is full of word. Your notes app, full of word. Your cuaderno, your notebook, yeah. I said that right. It's full of apps. It's full of stuff. Notes. Your podcast, that list is full of podcasts. You don't need another word. You just need to walk on the word that you already know. And I believe that today 
we're going to see a victory. And I believe that the victory for some of us is not a magical, because God doesn't work in superstitious, superstition. God works in practical Holy Spirit steps. Holy Spirit reveals to you, gives you the word of God, you apply it to your life, and your life is better. That's how he works. It's not, I'm just going to roll in the pool. And some of us, in order to get our marriages better, we don't need another word. We don't need another therapy session. We don't need another. We just need to do what we already know. God, I need you to reveal. And he's like, what happened to all the other 77 revelations I gave you? What you do with that? And, and, I'm, and I'm close to this with this. I am very afraid of the generation that we're breeding of believers now. That people are truly just fiending and writing for a word. Give me a word. I want a word. You get a word. You get a word. Like Oprah style. You get a word. And God is like, what happens to everything? That was not enough. What's that? You know what that is? Emotions. Because another word stirs up my emotions. problem with going from emotional high to emotional high, it's not real. Because in the Christian walk, there's going to be more valleys than mountaintops. And if you're only feeling, hey, married guys, married women, marriage is not about emotions or mountaintops. Marriage is sticking it through when it really sucks. Most days, this, you heard this from Pastor Will, you can say it. Most days, you're not going to feel it. Most days you're going to look to the left and right and be like, oh man, I should have, I could be doing so much better. But then your information needs to catch up to what you're feeling. And I'm not, and I'm not saying this without facts. The facts is that 50 to 55% of Christian couples are getting divorced. I'm not just saying it Without this is factual. I'm talking reality. This is real life stuff. Fifty the the latest census. Fifty to fifty-five percent of couples in the church are getting divorced. So it's not enough to be in Bethesda. It's, it's not enough unless every day. Just pick up your mat and you walk. So today, I want you all to remain seated. But if this message is something that you've been praying about, like, God, okay, I want things to get better. I want things to improve. We're not going to rehash over and over. He didn't push me in the pool. She didn't push me in the pool. See, I was next in line. And what had happened was is that she started talking bad about me. And, and when you get this mouth, boy, when you, when, if you do me wrong, what's going to happen is the bang is going to come out of me. God is like, hush, 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 hush. Get up. Pick up your mat. I don't want to hear my daddy, my mommy, my... for 38 years it starts with a decision and I believe that we have more power in us than we give ourselves who told you you can't speak to a situation if the very same power if the very same power that resurrected Christ from the dead is within you if you are a co-heir with Christ you can say devil not today not every day I'm I'm done with this all you need is a voice command from the Lord 
So as the music plays, the reason I ask you to remain seated is this is only for those that are saying today, you know what? I've been overthinking this. Any overthinkers in the room? I've been thinking, I've been thinking that, you know, it needs to look this way. That's what the Pharisees were doing. The Pharisees introduced. Just if you read the story when you go home, the Pharisees were like, it's a Saturday. How come he healed you on a Saturday? And he's like, y'all better get out of my way. I don't care if it's Monday, if it's Tuesday. All I know that I was lame and now I can walk. So forget y'all. I don't care how he did it. I don't care when he did it. All I care is that he did it. And some of us need to, I really believe this in my spirit today. And, and I say that with conviction. If you today make a decision, not based on emotions, but based on the information that you know and that has been given to you to say, hey, you know what? I'm done with this. It could be addiction. It could be patterns of sin. It could be with unforgiveness. If you give yourself a chance today and say, hey, you know what? Let me pick up this thing. Why am I continuing? It would be sad to continue to go in Bethesda and not get your healing. But it's not emotional. It's with the information that you know. And I believe that he's here. And I believe that he's here to set some people free. And not to a touch. Not to create some mud. with. It's just to say, get up. Pick up your mat. I don't need to tell you what to do. You know what to do. You just need to inform your emotions that that's what you need to do. I don't need to tell you anything. You know what to do. You don't need me to tell you. It's already here. You know what to do. Now do your emotions know what you need to do? So as this song plays, if you're making a decision to say, you know what, I'm getting up today and I'm going to walk. As the music plays, I want you to stand. If this is you. And lifting both of your hands up to the sky as a, as a, as a sign of surrender. Just saying, I will see.